now. Ladies and gentlemen, quitters never give up. To honor America, please rise for our national anthem for four and five, two time Grammy Award winning hairstyles. <laughs> the Armenian comedian. smoke smiley would like this when you smoke a humongous one gram baby jeter dipped in keef and with with uh concentrate inside what's up party people welcome to episode 54 of quitters never give up uh it's me christopher rosales with listener edwin and jennifer sunshine Lindsay's on assignment in the 1970s so she'll be with us <laughs> next week shall we start off this week with the uh week that was press the button my friend Send me back into time. Edwin? No, Edwin. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> One, two, three. It's a new day. Our feature presentation. Meet the club. I went back in day. I don't mind. Yes, we all miss Lindsay. Lindsay, I'm sure, did something. Yeah, she did something, all right. We'll catch you up on that in the next episode. Meanwhile, back in the week that was, February 22 to 25, 2011, uh, producer Dave had stepped up because producer Alex was off. I think she was sick or something. And this was the beginning of the joke that producer Dave <laughs> always confounded the show. He always sabotaged him. Wait, so that, well, producer Dave lined up Seth MacFarlane for us. I know that's happening, um, right? Yeah, that's it is happening. Because if producer Dave says right. he's going to get somebody on a sh- on our show, I mean, he books it, right? Right, yes. It's in stone, The right? guy that created Family Guy, yeah, Seth Farland. Yeah, it's in stone Thursday. Okay. So. Oh, I see. It's, oh. It's in oh, stone it's, on Thursday. Producer Dave <laughs> to the rescue. Yes. But you'll be happy to know. Yes. Producer Alex is back at work today. Oh, thank God. So most of the stuff that's on the schedule will stay where it is. Okay, good. In contrast to the uh, scheduled jumble that Producer Dave works. He's got about a 30% success rate once he puts something down on Pepper. He just puts it in on a piece of paper and draws it out of a hat, and then we never know what's yep. coming. Yeah, that was the start of the joke about it's not my fault. I still can't find that clip. I've been looking for it like crazy. I'm sure it's coming up. Yeah. I think he's, it's, it's got to. I don't know over. why I can't find it. But um, they also made a trailer for the Producer Dave movie. 
Oh, guys, bad news. I don't know. I keep calling and calling that number. Rich Eisen won't pick up. You're trying to do a radio show, but you never imagined you'd have to work with producer Dave. Oh, guys, I got some more bad news. Seth Green won't pick up his phone. I don't know what to do. Anyways. Male guests, female guests, none will be booked. Producer Dave. <laughs> guys, I know it's crazy, but I have more bad news. Joe Rogan is stuck in traffic. I don't think he's going to make it for the next break. When you least expect it, he will murder your show. Producer Dave. Guys, bad news. We're going to have to reschedule a lot because the phones are not working at all. Guests, equipment, ratings, none are safe. Producer Dave. Guys, just play something. I don't know. The the music and the little commercials are all gone. Your audience will be tortured. Your careers will be murdered. Bye. Producer Dave. Oh, I have bad news. Guys, I have set fire to the other half of the radio station. Uh, what should I do? It's not my fault. Your ears will cry tears of blood, producer Dave. <laughs> Guys, very bad news. Ariane Celeste is sick and will not be coming in. We might be able to just talk to her on the phone. All I know is it's not my fault. This year, morning radio will be morning for radio, producer Dave. This film has not yet been rated. Yeah, producer Dave bringing his A game. I imagine a lot of times it wasn't his fault. Well, Lightning had talked about all the pressure for the producer position, and Kevin and Bean were a little unforgiving. Very well, very unforgiving, apparently. Yeah, like Lightning said, when they said we want it in 60 seconds, it meant 60 seconds. And if it was 61, they started yelling at you. This was the beginning of the greatness of producer Dave. Bean had been sick for like a couple weeks, and this was kind of funny. Compared to what he says nowadays. What's happening, people? You alive, Bean? I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. I, I used to think I'd be one of those guys that lived to be 90 because of the clean living, because of the no red meat and the no smoking and the no drinking and the no having sex. Where's that gotten you? Well, <laughs> I feel like I've got about a week to go. I really do. <laughs> so back in 2011, Bean only wanted to make it till 90. Wow. Right? His plans after that. I don't know what well, happened after 2011. You know, after 2011, you had another 10 years. So after 20. I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to probably want to live to 110 in a couple more years. Yeah, 110, 120, something like that. Well, I think he's well on his way. His health. I hope regimen. he makes it. This was very interesting because it was the first time I could find them talking about Kickstarter. And, uh, of course, being he was current, so he knew about it and no one else did. So it's kind of fun to go back and see when Kickstarter was a new thing. With this uh, this website called Kickstarter.com. Now, they've been around for uh, coming up on two years All now. All right, take it easy. Let me take over from here. <laughs> what? I'm so trying to was... give some background here. So this was new to all of us. Right. They may have been around for a couple of years, but I didn't hear about it. I didn't Certainly know. not common knowledge. Is right. That right. So, but so I that... think Kickstarter is almost over. It's possible. Look, it's very possible. But... Face starter is going to be next. <laughs> All I'm saying is it's – so Ralph does the story, and I'm like, well, what's the website? And Bean's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, Kickstarter. Yes, I've been there many times. I, I'm supporting several causes on there. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I'm contributing to many projects, guys. That's what he said. <laughs> contributing to many projects. So with Bean's eclectic taste, you can imagine the kind of things he supported. Uh, I looked him up. A couple of them One. It was someone who was going to re-record all the Smith song, uh, Al Capella. 
<laughs> They're oh, like, wow. what a cash grab. All you need is a microphone and you do it a cappella and you fleece people <laughs> on Kickstarter. But Beans like, no, she's good. <laughs> and uh, the other one, they found some lady. She had like 10,000 photographs and it turned out she had been taking pictures for years and they were actually good. But but anyway, let's go to the last one that Bean was supporting. You might remember this one. Too. And then one more, because I know you guys are going to want to get on, in on this. This is another photographer. His oh. name is Anson Seal. He came across a barn in Texas that used to be used for corn storage. And he has been photographing the corn and turning them into prints that you hang on your wall. And it's really, really good stuff. And I contributed what? some money toward him, too. Wait, what? Wait, for corn pictures? <laughs> Wait, corn pictures, yeah. A picture of corn? Yes. Awesome pictures. No, it's <laughs> pictures of corn. <laughs> I know, but you know, you can, if you're talented enough, you can take photos of anything and make it look great. I can't wait to get these 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 uh, pictures to hang them in my house. Oh, How many God. prints are you getting of corn? Just one? I don't remember. I don't remember what I signed up for. It was two yeah, or three, right. I think. Yeah. Because you know how you throw your money around. I bet you didn't pay any attention to what you were spending there with the corn photographer. So but depending on depending on how much you pledge, you know, you get a higher quality print, or you get a signed edition, or a framed edition, oh, or something like that, you or need a coffee to get table book. Signed by the corn photographer, <laughs> or else it's worthless. Otherwise, it's just a photo of corn. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you go to Kickstarter.com and you can get in too. That's but, what I'm but telling but you. That's the give tip. Give your money to good things. Don't follow beans. These are example. good things. Don't follow the girl These... who sings by herself in the shower, Smith songs. <laughs> These or are the dead artists... lady who no one cares about her photographs, or the guys taking pictures of corn. These are artists who deserve to be helped. That's what I'm saying. You need to be helped. That's what I'm saying. So Bean was getting pictures of corn. That's so Bean, if you think about it. (laughs) So Bean. A lot of those can be used as stock images or things for backgrounds and so many other things, you know, since then. So he could eventually made money on it. Yeah, I think that one got, that Kickstarter got funded. So yeah, Bean was on the vanguard of, what would you call it? Avant-garde corn art. And that reminded me of a great Wheel of Bad Animal Voices where they referenced that. It's time uh, for the yeah. Wheel of Bad Voices. All right, spin All right. the wheel or the board or whatever you got there and let's find out what it's going to land on. Shall All right, we? come on, cattle herd and beaver. Oh, the female dragonflies that fake sudden death to avoid male advances. Yay! All right. Look, I know that nature is crazy and a lot of animals out there just have to do what they can do to get by. But this is a story out of Switzerland, the University of Zurich in Switzerland. Racine Khalifa has been studying dragonflies for more than 10 years, by the way. She re- recently witnessed a behavior for the first time. The Moreland Hawker dragonfly crash dived to the ground while being pursued by a horny male dragonfly. Oh, my gosh. Then she lay motionless on her back, and I guess the thought is what? That he thinks she's dead or something? Yeah, so So he'll move on? So he flies away, and then boom, she's up and she's out. Oh, my goodness. When the coast is clear, she's gone. So that is, the the researcher says she was very surprised. She'd been 10 years studying dragonflies, had never seen this before. Now, do we have her on the phone? It doesn't say here, but I'm hoping we I have. I would assume uh, so. Dr. Khalifa from the University of Zurich in Switzerland is on the line. Are you there? Hello? <laughs> yes, is this Rasim Khalifa? No. no, it's not. Oh, you're, you're not? I thought you were the dragonfly expert to tell us about this. No, I, 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 I'm a dragonfly. Oh, oh. you're the actual dragonfly. Yes. How, how about so are that? you the lady dragonfly? No, oh. I'm a handsome, handsome male dragonfly. Oh, okay. My, 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 my name is 
Jean. Okay. I don't like... the dragon side. I'm not sure I approve of where this is headed already. You. Well, we're calling about this story that we saw that said that it's 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 hard out there for a pimp. Apparently, you're apparently the ladies have figured out a way to deceive you so that you don't think that they're interested in you. What? What? I, I've never heard of such a thing. Uh huh. Because ladies love me. And, oh, this one now. Hello, my lovely lady. You're pretty. No, oh. I think she's dead. Oh, did she fall out of the sky and hit the ground? She fell right out of the sky. There's another one. <laughs> Hello there. Can I show you my pictures of corn? <laughs> oh, that's odd. Like she died right in, the, right in the middle of the air there. Well, I would think that would be very upsetting for you to see all this suicide happening. Well, luckily, there's lots of other ladies this lovely lady friend for me to be with, my lovely lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, my lovely lady dragonfly. Would you like to hear the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald played on my wings? <laughs> oh, Jean. Oh, seems like she died as well. This is, you are, this is not rough. A, you're not having very good luck with the women. I've never been with one, but I hope to sometime in the future. Uh, well, it doesn't sound oh, like my it. My lovely lady, lady, lovely lady, lady. Would <laughs> you like to go over to this pancake with me and have a bite to eat and maybe some chocolate milk? I just... Oh, another oh. one? Wow. Wow, a lot of sick women in this <laughs> this part of the swamp. It does sound like it's on them. It's not you. I think you're well, doing everything maybe right. Maybe switch Jean. up the approach. Do you what, think? What? What? Ladies love me. I don't. Hey, mind if I take a picture of the back of you? Love me, lady dragonfly. Just... <laughs> Another one. That's so strange. It is mm. tough out there. It really is. Uh, that might be my favorite wheel o' bed animal voice ever. <laughs> How did you remember that? Or did you have it in your archive? Or Oh, yeah. When that one happened, I'm like, I'm keeping that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I nice. clipped that years ago. Okay. In regular rotation. <laughs> I like at the end, Ralph breaks it. Breaks, breaks down. <laughs> I love it when he cries uh, Gene the dragonfly. That, that was funny. That's kind of a crib version of all of Bean's little eccentricities throughout the years. <laughs> They made him such a ladies' man. <laughs> uh, February 23rd was the birthday of Lassie Johansson. He was in a band called The Cardigans. <laughs> so if that name rings a bell, they had a legendarily bad interview on Kevin and Bean. So I went to the archive. Thank you, Kevin Stockdale, and looked it up. So here's a couple of uh, moments from that. I went to Norway, you know, and they had the Ikea. The Ikea was huge. Is it huge? Can you please stop talking about Norway? <laughs> <laughs> Nina, <laughs> you've been here for 15 minutes. You're already tired of Norway? But I love, but see, and then in the post-game interview. Nina, this morning's interview with Kevin and me, would you say it was the most fun you've ever had? No. Okay, so there you go. In our defense, we were thrown off by the fact that all of the band, including her, were asleep. One of the guitarists, maybe the guy who's having a birthday, was literally asleep with his head on the table, <laughs> dozing. Yeah. There's a few more <laughs> clips if you go through the archive. An amazing memory. So, yeah, if you go for legendarily bad interviews on Kevin and Bean, they always brought up the cardigans. When they came in for that interview, they said that they had just finished a show or just came into town. And so they were done. They were oh, okay. exhausted. And they had no time for Kevin and or Bean. 
Yeah, Kevin said that they had a bunch of questions, but like every answer was a one word answer. So they burned yeah. through their questions in like two minutes and they're just sitting there trying to figure out what the heck to do after that. Yeah, like I said, Bean was sick all week, but he came up with this really funny joke, I thought, later on in the week. It's amazing the stuff that can stay in your body. You do see stories from time to time because I always thought that foreign, your body fights back at foreign objects that are inside of it somehow. At least I know Donna does. Thank you. Good night. Hey. hey. <laughs> How does he do it? How does he do it? He really meant good night. Oh, now he's back. I hope I die right now because that'd be a pretty cool life to grow up. <laughs> there you go. Well, he wasn't that funny when he was alive, but right there at the right end, at he the had end. one br- brief shining he moment. He was turning was the okay. corner. <laughs> he was turning the corner. He was starting to get good, and then we lost him. Oh, that'd be such a cool way to go. Yeah, but didn't. Didn't happen. Should we wait? Mm-hmm. Just still here. see how no, you are? Still there? I'll let you know. I'll try right. to come up with another one before I do die. All right. You should save it, though. I mean, you should bank it. Yeah, he should have saved that one for maybe his last day or something. This is one of those things where it was an Afro call, and they played it on the opening, I think, for the Friday show. It's one of those things I would hear, and I'm like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? This is a great impression of Psycho Mike. And now it's time for another episode of the many reactions of Psycho Mike. <clears throat> Megan Fox. Oh, Christian Bale. Uh, Pete Wentz. Oh, Slayer. Oh, Kirsten Dunst. The Dallas Cowboys. And that's so true. As I've been listening to old shows, you hear Psycho Mike in the background. That guy had him to a T. That's a great call, whoever you are. Yeah, yeah. those are great, too. And like when somebody would call in or say Kardashian or whatever, he was a Glendale. He, I mean, he's just on it. Okay, one of the fun things about listening to shows in order is you kind of get to see a story develop in real time. Now, in the last few weeks, I didn't bring any clips in, uh, but Charlie Sheen started going off the rails. And I thought, oh, well, he had already been fired from two and a half men, so I guess he's just still doing stuff. But no, I was wrong. I had this timeline wrong. So listen to what happened. This is from the Monday, or the Tuesday show. I'm tired. I'm so tired of pretending like my life isn't perfect and bitching and just winning every second. And I'm not perfect and bitching and just delivering the goods at every freaking turn because look what I'm dealing with, man. I'm dealing with fools and trolls. You know, dealing with, with soft targets, and it's just, you know, it's it's just strafing runs in my underwear before my first cup of coffee because I don't have time for these clowns. I don't have time for their judgment and their stupidity, and, you know, they lay down with their ugly wives in front of their ugly children and just look at their loser lives, and then they look at me and they say, I can't process it. Well, no, and you never will. Stop trying. Just sit back and enjoy the show. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so this was the Tuesday show. They were off Monday. It was a holiday. And this was the first time they played his his rants. This is when he started really going off the rails. And listen to Lisa. She's like, oh, my God, you can't believe what she's hearing. Well, well last week, Lindsay said that this was coming up. And she's right. right. He he got fired in March. That's March right. March 7th. And okay. Was, he started going off the rails right this week and then was fired. Yeah. What happened was they, they shut down production of the show. Yeah. Because they figured he, he's not getting himself straight. So we're just going to shut down production. They didn't cancel the show yet. They figured, we'll stop this season. He'll get straight. We can go back to work. So, yeah, so that they brought that in. This was on the, the first show of the week. And they're like, wow, we can't believe this. And then uh, as the week went on, he was everywhere. Like he was at the, I think, the UCLA baseball team. He was hanging out with them. He would pay old Hall of Famers like Eddie Murray and stuff to come to his house and watch movies. It, they were like, what is this guy doing? So it was fascinating to see it unfold in real time. So let's go to the next clip. And then I just got to add this. There was a whole firestorm yesterday about, about Brooke being, uh, you know, 
a part of our a part of our crew. And this, let me just say this: this is all I'm going to say about it. Was is that uh, where there were four? Um, there are now three. But my Brooke, and uh, good luck in your travels. You're going to need it badly. So, so Brooke did go along with you, but she's not there now. No, she's not there now, and 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 we are, and I don't know, winning anyone. <laughs> and if you hear the other voice, that was um. Oh, what was that guy's name? That crazy Rush radio guy. Was that Rush Limbaugh? No, no, no. Uh, the guy. Alex the Jones. Theories? Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. Alex Jones, yeah. yeah. So that, he went on the Alex Jones show, mm-hmm. and that's where all these crazy clips came from. Mm-hmm. So Kevin had been started on Tuesday playing it, and they're like, and then in real time, more clips every day. Just weird stuff would happen. Yeah. So gonna... <laughs> it was a whole week of meltdowns. I think the Tiger Blood one is coming up right now. Right. and Yeah, all this yeah. Stuff. Well, and it's funny because back in 2011, I was still living in Hollywood and my friend, okay, who played the maid on Two and a Half Men? Maria Conchata, something like that? Yeah. Okay. So my friend was her assistant, um, but we took our dogs to the same vet. And so we kind of got to know each other, take the dogs, whatever. And so uh, anyway, I had some time off. So we were actually over like landscaping Maria's house and stuff like that. And I met her and her husband. They're lovely people. Um, they didn't mention anything about what was going on because for them, production had halted. So she was just kind of trying to do the Hollywood thing and work other places and get other stuff done. And they were hoping it can get clean and then they could start the next year fresh. But yes. It didn't quite happen. Charlie Sheen was pretty pleased with himself. Winning. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy time. He was in the, the throes of an addiction, right? He was. And, it's funny. Uh, Psycho Mike and uh, Dr. Drew talked about it. And they were of the opinion that he had been clean at this time because he had to get clean to be on the show. But he was still in some kind of, I don't know, mania, even though he wasn't taking drugs. That was their opinion. I don't know. It, it sure seems like he's high when you hear yeah, the things he says. If I remember correctly, he stopped showing up to the show because he started using again. And basically, that's where all of it started happening. And he just had so much money and so much celebrity that he could do whatever he wanted. And he just stopped showing up, started making these recordings, started just being everywhere. Yeah, he called uh, he called the Dan Patrick show. That's a sports show in L.A. And he's just rapping with Dan Patrick <laughs> like twice. He called him twice in one week. He had like three girlfriends. Something. Yeah, that's the clip yeah. I played. What happened was he went with his ex-wife, Brooke Burke and uh some porn star and some other porn star they all went to the bahamas this is right in the middle of this whole thing when he's supposed to be working and then his wife ex-wife said i'm out of here and then he says oh yeah good luck you're gonna need it so you know she didn't want to hang out with him (laughs) and his porn stars and that made her a loser to charlie sheen's yeah so i'll bring you more as that uh this 12 11 year old story develops (laughs) uh that's it for the week that was and uh, back to you guys. We'll see if we can keep winning like uh, Charlie Sheen in the weeks to come. Thank you, Edwin. Oh, the great Edwin, ladies and gentlemen. I love him so much. All right. Love so let's do the podcast roundup. Go ahead and start that show open there, Bean. Your guys aren't sending me anything. All right. Nailed it. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> you get it, Edwin. You want her to promote your podcast. We got it. Say hello to happy goodbye to the blue janky. My lovely lady lumps, my humps, my humps. Yes, 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 and more yes. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I felt terrible about it. Uh, Let's start off with some sad news. 
This week, episode 42 was the last episode of Rounding the Bases. Matt, why don't you break the news, you quitter? I, I, am, I am actually genuinely sad to say um, this, this is the last episode of Rounding the Bases, episode 42. Uh, with you in it. it with, with me in it. Still, you know, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. <laughs> yeah, with, with me in it. This is my last episode of rounding the bases uh to to make a long story short um as as many people know put 60 uh, seconds on the clock yeah here we go <laughs> yeah. oh <laughs> if you keep this going <laughs> they're all going to be so much shorter because of because of the lack of stories um so to make a long story short as many people know i uh for my real job i guess you can say or i guess my only job because the only one i get paid for uh, I'm a morning news anchor for a wonderful station in Boise, Idaho. And when, what? Oh, that was you. Oh, <laughs> I was like, who, who's typing right here? Um, so, uh, basically when you're in the broadcast industry and this, this is kind of rough, if you are an opinionated person or have a ton of personality or blah, blah, blah. Oh God, stop, stop counting at me, everyone. Um, if uh if you if you've uh anyway when you sign a contract Jesus with a broadcast Christ. company it's your fault you guys keep typing things in the chat i can't concentrate now <laughs> basically to make a long story short even though that never makes any story ever short it never the contract said he can't do it which sucks it's a good podcast that yeah, does and listening to that he sounds just like Robbie i couldn't that's what i thought was talking i'm like wait what who <laughs> it's hard to keep their voices straight. Yeah. yeah. When you hear them side by side, it's kind of clear who's who. But dropping okay. it in like that, yeah, it's hard. But I loved how they were messing with him as he's trying to, like, give a solemn <laughs> goodbye. But oh. Robbie did say that he was planning to keep it going or at least do a podcast. So maybe he could find another base to partner with him. I don't know. Maybe Hasselhoff is free. <laughs> in, in I was thinking or, James or, Earl Jones. Or maybe this guy. Uh, hey, Lisa May, uh, call us anytime on the chat line. Hopefully, that Robbie guy, that guy would be a star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta uh, process my voice a lot, though, but still, I'll try. <laughs> I, I, did, I did help you out a little, a little bit with the EQ. But oh, good. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do the Hasselhoff where it is getting <laughs> lower and lower. All right. On the Kevin and Sluggo show, they talk about, well, the internet was a buzz, especially the KBCU internet about the party bus police chase. So Kevin and Sluggo, Kevin had to address it. Thank you to everybody who tweeted me today <laughs> to find out if I was the driver of the party bus <laughs> that was in a high-speed chase. But you're not female. But so. it was a party bus, and so from the other station, everybody remembered that uh, Ralph Garman would always do an impression of me with the party bus. I'm the party bus! I can't do we it. We got one in Vegas one Call time. him at home. And there was a uh, the company that was going to pick up a client a client? That's kind of sad that one person just one, party one little person themselves. back there <laughs> with the little I, streamer. Having a great time. All right. <laughs> um, That's on the phone. It wasn't me. Just, <laughs> sure. I want to reiterate it wasn't me. Well, why you got that cast on your arm? And why is the cop in the room with us? Also, <laughs> I just want to put out the word. It wasn't me. Sure, okay. Someone else. Wasn't there. Wasn't possibly me. a female. We don't know. Oh, man. So Steve called us and also had a take on this party bus incident. Hey, gang. Steve and PV checking in again. 
There was a Facebook post going around. I'm sure most of you saw it about the party bus and the high speed chase and making reference that Kevin was driving. Um, I saw the footage. It was a woman that got out, not a not a man. So it couldn't be Kevin. So my deduction is, Allie, damn it, what are you doing? Because she is the new Kevin, right? Right. I mean, right? Right. You guys weigh in, please. Bye. That blew me away. I didn't even think of that. I know. Are we sure it wasn't Lindsay? Oh. <laughs> Lindsay was on the party bus. It was bus on the party weekend, bus, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a couple days before. Oh, okay. Ah. And not in the 70s. <laughs> on great news, we find that there are other animals that are dicks, not just cats. So I kind of go off the beaten path some more, and I have this sleeping little girl in my uh, stroller as I walk, and I see maybe like six turkeys in the, about 50 <laughs> feet, 50, 50 feet in front of me. I'm like, hey, did you, did you turn around instantly? No, I was like, oh, look at the cool turkeys. I was like, hey, hey, turkeys. You know, like, it was fun. It was exciting. They didn't hesitate. They tur- <laughs> They saw me when I made noise and then sprinted at me. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, well, listen, okay. Yeah. They're, they're mean and stuff, like, but they're, they're 25 pounds a piece and they don't have hands. I'm going to kick them. I, I, I'll kill these things. I Did you really think they don't have hands? Well, they have claws and stuff, but like, it's not like a, like a, Oh no, I understand. Bobcat or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm they're not going to punch I'll, you. You really want to yeah. do this? You really want to do this? I was like, I'll, ch- I'll snap one of your necks and I guarantee the rest of you. So everybody else go tell the other turkeys what happened here. And I'm like, wait a second. They're really coming after me. And then they start making their noise. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I, I have a child here that I must protect. I turn around and I start running. Slowly at first, I'm like, I'll just evade. They'll if you jog away, they won't be they won't be threatened. They're really they're picking up speed. They're not stopping. And then I start literally sprinting. I'm in flip flops, and I'm like, oh my god! I kick off my flip flops, and then I start sprinting. And I'm not exaggerating. I I know this sounds great, but I had to go like two football fields till I was (laughs) able to get them to stop running after me. And they were considerably faster than me. I would sprint as best I could, and then I turn around to see, and they'd be three yards behind me, and I. I'd make a cut like Walter Payton style. So then I did like horror movie stuff. And I like went into the jungle and I was like trying to like lose them. Like, like the shining in the maze. <laughs> right. But that, so I, I got, I got punked by a group of turkeys, like a group of turkeys gang, gang punked me. So a little bit of a backstory on this. He tells us he's on vacation in Mexico. So this is at a Mexican oh, resort. Okay. And his baby wouldn't go to sleep. So he walks her in the stroller and that's when he sees the turkeys just after she fell asleep. And so he's running from these turkeys in flip-flops with a stroller. <laughs> and the only he reason... Mention, he didn't mention that he took the kid. He said he started running. I thought, oh, he left the kid for the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say he was going to fight the turkeys, but he had the baby with him. He thought it best not to fight a gang of turkeys. I wonder why are they so aggro down in Mexico? I think turkeys are just aggressive all over. They're wild turkeys. No, we got them right. I used to have a turkey highway right in front of my window here. And uh, they'd come. I used to deer. Everything used to come up here. And then we got granite. And I remember one day um, he's sitting out there, young, whatever. And the turkeys were on the other side trying to cross the road to come over and they just get pacing. So I've never seen them to be aggressive here. Usually if you see them somewhere, they just run off. They don't really, even without my dogs. 
That reminds <clears throat> me, remember Psycho Mike used to have a thing? How many like five-year-olds could you beat up? <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Like, could you beat up, you know, 95? Right, yeah. You know, you yeah, could take could beat one. beat up kids, but no turkeys. <laughs> He's a chicken <laughs> when it comes to turkeys. <laughs> well, his thing was he could you could you could take like a one or two of them, but the more you get, the more kids you get, it's like zombies. They just come after you and they just overtake you. Right. I saw a gang of turkeys at the troop, by the way. <laughs> With zombie kids. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to the Ralph report. We find it was Eddie's wife's birthday last week, and also that Eddie won't pay for the bone. When Eddie came in here, he was sitting down just to bitching about well, I, the meal he had to buy for his wife I last week fine. for her birthday. I, it's fucking expensive. Food's expensive. Yeah, good food is. No, food. That food is You're expensive. Used to, food that you don't get in your car oh. from a window is expensive. Yes. I'm talking the 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 the, 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 the tomahawk steak at the oh, restaurant tomahawk. was $195. Oh, uh, was it Wagyu? I don't. I didn't. Re- I didn't look past one hundred ninety-five dollars to see what been, type of meat it was. Must have been Wagyu or Prime or something like that. Must have been. Doesn't matter. You know how big a tomahawk is. You're paying for the fucking bone. You feed a family you're, off you're, a tomahawk. You're paying the boat for the bone. That's what you're paying for. It's <laughs> not so the first time you paid for a bone. Heyo. Well, did she order the tomahawk, or he just saw it on the menu? Uh he didn't. He just saw it on the menu. It was one hundred and ninety-five dollars for it. And he, that is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's pretty expensive. But you have that stuff; it's really good. Yeah, I had. I think it was Wagyu once. My sister took him to a restaurant that had that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know one ninety five is a lot, but every once in a while, you just need some Wagyu. I always say. Uh, that's a drop. You know, he went to this fancy restaurant, and all he had was baked chicken. So that was another thing that Ralph teased him about. Oh, he should. That's ridiculous. <laughs> While Eddie was not paying for. His wife's dinner. Ralph was saving lives. <laughs> Last night, I was in my kitchen, uh-huh. and I've got a window at my kitchen sink yeah. that looks out, faces my next-door neighbor's mm-hmm. side of the house. Most houses, yes. Yes. So I'm doing my business there in the sink. <laughs> Wait, that sounds awful. No, it was just... You're checking just, it in the sink? No, I was washing a dish or something. It was benign. <laughs> That's what you call it? It was benign, I promise. And I glance up, and there are 12-foot flames licking the side of my neighbor's house. Oh, shit. It is an inferno. Wow. I shit myself first. Of course, yeah. And then I quickly dropped what I was doing and ran out the door and knocked, pounded on the neighbor's door. You didn't take the time to put the Batman outfit on? (laughs) No, I didn't. So uh, luckily they were home, and I'm like, Jeff, your house is on fire. So he grabbed himself a handy-dandy fire extinguisher and was able to put it out. That could have been bad had you not been taking care of business in the sink. I'm telling you, if I had been jerking, I'm washing a dish (laughs) into the sink. But he called me up afterwards like, I don't know how to thank you. And I was like, here's a list. What's your wife doing? (laughs) Oh, Ralph. Could you imagine Ralph banging on your door telling you your house is on fire? Yeah, you think it was a joke. What is this, the wheel of fire or something? (laughs) Can you do it as Rodney, though? Can you you tell me that my house is on fire as Rodney? (laughs) Or drunk Kevin. Oh, I was on fire. <laughs> Granola bar. Party bus. Get in the party bus. Yeah. A, B, C, A, D, H, D. Random thoughts. I have them a lot. Get distracted easily, triggering my anxiety. It's been good to hear Beerbug's personal side, but they had Dr. Rachel on this week to give it a more professional side. Dr. Rachel Lipnicki on. Yay! Hey. 
I think it's lip tack, but I'll, you know, Whatever. you call her lip Nikki. Yeah, listen, yeah, the Jenks the Jenkses know her as Lip Nikki, so let's leave it at Lip Nikki. Rachel, yeah. what kind of doctor are you again? Because I we keep forgetting. That's not important. That's not important. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, we can skip that part. It's fine. Uh, no, no, no I'm a psycho. Okay, I'm a psychologist. I'm a licensed psychologist, um, and pretty much like everything that I'm doing at my work every day is ADHD related. It's a, oh, that's all, so you'll know a do. little bit about this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did I get Um, wrong? I appreciate the talk about mental health. That was great. <laughs> but I made a list of things that I wanted to address. <laughs> she had a long list of things that they didn't quite get right, even though it was very much experiences. But I'm not going to play that. This is Janky Town, so I'm going to play Sean McVay interrupting Dr. Rachel. You think Sean McVay, for... the coach of the Rams, takes it every day? What? <laughs> I don't listen to him. Hey, Sean. He seems like. Hold on. Hey, oh, you know what? He's walking in the door. Hey, Sean. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. What's up? How, how, how can I help you? Do you take your ADH? What? Do you take your medications on the weekend? I well said. What we're doing. Well said, young man. Uh, yes, I do. And uh, that's how I got the uh, Rams to the Super Bowl. And we won it because of my wow. Ritalin and Adderall and everything above <laughs> all that. Oh, wow, you're on more than one? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mix them. I, I mainline them <laughs> in my anus. Janky Town taking that subject very seriously. <laughs> so is that impression now? Do you just talk a little bit faster in your regular voice? Well, he's Sean McVay, the coach for the Rams. I guess, <clears throat> yeah. He's been on Janky Town several times. I think he lives with Beer Mug. Beer Mug's getting better and better. <laughs> On Cup of Tea in a Chat, I'm going to start off with some phone calls. Our old pal Edwin checked in with a great point. Hey, Dean. Hey, Allie. Edwin from Lombarada here. You're talking about Matt Stafford at the Rams parade. I was thinking, who did it better, Matt Stafford with the reporter or Jed the Fish with Bean? Remember when Bean, when you fell off the stage? Replay that. Jed the Fish, he loved it. He certainly uh, he beat Matt Stafford for indifference to someone falling off the stage, if you ask me. <laughs> Who fell off the stage? Yeah, it was not a great night for me, yeah. and Jed's, uh, that, Jed's remarks were not a great soundtrack to me falling through the no. floor. Oh, the great Ed Wynn, ladies and gentlemen. I love him so much. Thank Wonderful you, call. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, uh, that tape and seeing that video. It is pretty, pretty scary, but Jed the Fish didn't see what was going on. He yelled really loud and laughed really hard. Steve in PV called in to cup of tea in a chat, and he called to check on Bean. Allie and Bean, specifically Bean, I'm calling to check on you. This is Steve in PV, and look, look, look. I know my role here is just to hit it, okay? But right. somebody on Facebook said somebody should do a welfare check on you based on the queen contracting COVID, so that's all I'm doing. Bean, are you okay? Keep up the work. Bye. Am I nervous that a woman who's nearly 96 has a potentially deadly virus. I don't love it, but they are saying that she is continuing light duties and that she has mild symptoms and that she expects to be fine. So I'm, I might regret this, but you know what she wasn't? What wasn't she? Too hot for COVID. <laughs> God damn you. God COVID. damn you, Allie. God damn you to hell. <laughs> That's a callback to baby Dave and... Well, Allie made a joke that she was too hot for COVID because she hasn't caught COVID. But Bean's doing well, and I want to know what the light duties for the queen are. I mean, does she lean back a little further? Does she rest more? I mean, she waves she at have... half speed. What, what could she possibly do? Bean's still in New Orleans, and uh, 
he he had his tarot cards read by Stormy Daniels, which is the weirdest thing I've ever like Mad Libs. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? Tarot and... cards, Stormy Daniels, New Orleans. Exactly, and I get being doing it for the podcast and just to have a story, but we find that there's a real reason behind it. There was a time in my life where I would have had no time for this bullshit, right? I didn't believe, I still don't believe in it, I, but, but now it doesn't matter that I don't believe in it. Now I'm at okay. a point where yeah. just because I don't understand something or does, don't think something's real doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. It doesn't mean it might not be fun, right? There's no downside to sitting down and having her read the tarot cards, especially since I got some big decisions coming up in my life that have to do with secret stuff, okay? So, oh. so she sits down and she shuffles up the tarot card and there's no way something like this works, right? It's all made up, right? It has to be. You're prefacing that because she said stuff that you were like, oh shit. No, uh oh. it was kind of vague, but I think it worked. I enjoyed it. We had a very nice chat. Okay. And I will tell you, I love that. again, I went to her because she is famous and she's Stormy Daniels. And I thought that made a great Mad Libs story. But the last thing I was going to do it. was going to be that jerk who was going to bring up something for her past. But it was interesting to me that one of the cards she put up, she said, all right, sometimes you have to make some really tough decisions. Even though it's unpopular, even though it's difficult, you have to do it. Look at me. Uh -oh. I did that, and I lost my friends, and I lost my job, and I lost my family. I mean, she made a reference to kind of Aww. what her journey has been. So there's a lot to take away from that. Like, at first, I would never believe Dean would have his tarot cards read but then also like the, the him buying into it because i mean i'm sure stormy daniels said that to like the 20 other people that had their tarot cards read i think i don't know but the the biggest thing was this part i got some big decisions coming up in my life that have to do with secret stuff okay well the best then, way to keep something secret is to blare it out in your podcast i've always found right with a bunch of conspiracy <laughs> theorists right, in it. exactly <laughs> and then he did it to us again when he talked about mark lanigan Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I'm about to tell you something. Oh, no. No, no, that I'm going to, I'm telling you now, I'm going to tell you while we're in the moment, but I have to edit okay. this out of the podcast. I can't let this go, okay? Because I have a Mark Lanigan story for you, all right? Wait, you're going to tell me the story, but the listeners won't hear it? They're not going to, I can't, I can't put it on there. It would not be fair, it would not be fair to his family at this time to put it on there. Okay, we're back now. How'd you think? What'd you think of that story, Allie? You like it or not like it? Wow. I know, right? Um, if I was a listener, I'd be very pissed listening to this. I apologize. I'll tell you that. I know. They should be pissed listening to this whole episode. I don't know why Bean's doing that to us. <laughs> well, you Bean. We started a new, a new uh, segment, <laughs> Wild Speculation. So yes. what's super secret? I, I don't know. Who wants to speculate first? I, I'm going to say that it's this. Hello, South Louisiana. Yes. Gumbo, 94.9. Yep. He's going to go, he's got a radio job coming up. Yep. That's what I think. That's it might just be like on the weekends or something like that or some strange hours, but that's what I thought too. I think well, it's I think. obvious. He's coming back to K-Rock. Kevin and Bean are getting back together. It just makes perfect sense. Maybe the Kevin I'm and Bean people, con? it's wild speculation time. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean con? Is he coming back to the Kevin and oh, Bean I con? I hope so. Maybe that's the secret. <laughs> well, we got to get wilder on this speculation. Otherwise, all these drama things that I have are just not going not gonna to work. <laughs> um, all right. We got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, Lindsay I had that one. replace Allie on Cup of Tea. That's my wild speculation. Mm. Once she sobers up. Go. Her and Charlie Sheehan are going to rehab, then she's going on <laughs> Cup of Tea. Right. One seventies party in rehab. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Edwin's going to replace Bean on a uh, cup of tea in a chat oh. when Ed, when I'm Bean leaves. Come on, Allie, call me. <laughs> when he joins the gumbo. Gumbo 94.9. Well, going back to wild speculation, my speculation has always been that, you know, he left the country in a hurry. He made the O.J. Simpson reference. He Ooh. killed Donna. But then what about the four pugs? Are they just eating her dead body? Probably. (laughs) I'll give one. He's going to move back to America. That's not that wild. It's not that wild. Oh, okay. So that's more palatable than that. Uh, All I know is that it's all fact. It's fact. Right. Yes. Yes, it was. It happened. Anyhow, do the week that was. We did the week it was. Oh, shall we do, do it again? <laughs> Let's do it one more time. All right. No, flashback um, with no introduction. Hey, I just had a question for you guys. Uh, I always hear it every morning, but where did the uh, Bad Boy B.I.G. intro come from? Well, it was a long, long time ago, uh, back when Puff Daddy, at the time, as he was known, was a big star, and he had a, a network special. And uh, that was part of his pre-show ritual that he and the members of his band would do uh, backstage before they went out. And it was kind of a tribute to his friend, the Notorious B.I.G., who had recently been murdered. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it represents good times. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's I'm getting ready for a show. So that's why it's played at the beginning of our show, because that's kind of the same thing. And we're kind of like Puffy Diddy. Puffy Diddy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we hear that so often, and I didn't know what it was either. So when I heard this, I'm like, oh, I'm bringing this to our show. All right. So then. It's time uh, to talk about Dangerous Toys. This is the story that comes out every year. Mm -hmm. It's always put out uh, by the same people, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, and they they put out their list of dangerous toys. How is it that uh, manufacturers of toys don't learn year to year about these lists and don't go, hey, you know what? Before we release this one to the stores, maybe we ought to think about small parts that kids could take out and swallow. Maybe I we ought to not, not make this story because it does seem like a lot of the offenders are guilty of the same thing every year that makes the toy too dangerous to sell. It does, but then you hear about things that you never in a million years would think were dangerous, right. but they test it. In a variety of ways, and they come up with things that really could hurt kids. It's, sometimes it's really surprising. And it's that time of year now that we have to start, uh, you know, shopping for yeah. toys and whatnot. So we've got uh, William Barber on the phone. William is a spokesperson from Watch. What does Watch stand for, William? Good morning, Kevin and Bane. How are you? <laughs> We're very good. Watch stands for World Against Toys Causing Harm. I see. Okay. okay. We're right. a nonprofit organization. And we're, we're consumer watchdogs, don't you know? <laughs> yes, we do. Now, what about the question I asked Mr. Robert before we brought you on? How is it that toy companies are consistently making the same mistake year after year? Well, here's the thing. It's hard to be a toy company these days because you're competing against so much for the consumer dollar for entertaining children. Sure. So sure. I think they just try to come up with the most entertaining toys they can. 
And then they find out after the fact there's a danger. <laughs> now, now, number one on your list this year, sir, is the inflatable gigaball, yeah. which looks looks like something that – is this something that a little kid crawls inside and then is able to bounce down a hill in? That's right. It's a big ball. <laughs> you crawl inside, and then you roll down a hill inside it. Wow. Which is great until you roll into traffic. <laughs> it does Jeez. seem like a problem. And then you yeah. get killed. Yeah. yeah. And that's not something that we want. You don't want people killed? Not children. Yeah. Okay. Some adults. <laughs> yeah. But not children. Okay. All right. Uh, are there anything, uh, some things on this list in particular that you'd like to highlight for our listeners in the time we have, sir? Well, the list, we only had room for 10. Mm-hmm. So there's things like the uh, Meadow Mystery Play a Sound Book with Cuddly Poo. Yeah, that's a real one, right? That's Number a real eight. one. Don't, don't give poo to your kids. Because I'm sure people think there's no way that is actually a toy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And also... Uh, the the other one is the uh, sportsman shotgun. There is that. That's actually on the list. That's the name of a toy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that should be a tip-off right away, I think. If it has shotgun in the title? Unless you're shopping at Toys R Us in Tom Desert. <laughs> well, you okay. should be buying the sportsman shotgun. But we didn't have room for everything on the list, so I have some others I want to hit real quick. Okay. Just keep your eye out for these and don't buy them. All They're right. dangerous. Very important. The Twilight Junior suck me life like fangs. <laughs> I know the kids love the Twilight, but you don't want them biting into the jugular veins of other children. Wow. No, Not a good idea. Yeah. Dangerous, yeah. Also, you want to stay away from the Fisher-Price Little Moyle Neighborhood Circumcision <laughs> Kit. Encourages <laughs> kids to go around giving other kids circumcision. That seems like it's not fun in any way. And dangerous. And very dangerous. Certainly, yes. You also want to stay away from the Iron Man Tony Stark My New Heart flashlight, <laughs> where kids implant a flashlight in their chest. Well, you know, they see it in the movie. It looks like fun. Why not, right? It's, you yeah. don't become a superhero, though. Yeah. You just bleed out. Just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you want to stay away from Foamy, the rabid dog. Foamy? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's a mechanical dog. You turn him on and he attacks you. Well, that seems like a horrible toy. He's rabid. <laughs> he foams at the mouth and bites your, your hand off. Oh, that's a terrible toy for Don't kids. Don't buy Foamy. Don't get it. You want to stay away from the Plexico Burris, my New York nightlife playset. <laughs> What's involved in that? A handgun yes. and a bottle of vodka. And you, you have to shoot yourself in the leg? That's the that's idea? That's usually the end result. Yeah. <laughs> You want to stay away from the Amy Winehouse edition of Guitar Hero. Oh, no. It's just a box of syringes. <laughs> Not even a game in there. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> I'm sure you were. And stay away from the Razor Scooter. The Razor Scooter? Yes. That's, that's What's a wrong with that? Yeah. toy. That was a bit fine. This year, they're making it out of actual razors. <laughs> oh, The wow. entire thing. It's sharp. It's sharp as a razor. That seems bad. You'll cut your foot off if you try to ride it. Yeah. yeah don't okay. do it. Don't do it. Don't I'm do saying that. don't buy that one. <laughs> All right. And especially Foamy. <laughs> especially Foamy the dog. Yes. All right. You do good work. Thank you, Happy William. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> and, of course, it's Ed Wins. We had to play it. Yes. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, the shotgun that's only good in Palm Desert. Right? <laughs> All right, here we go. And there's going to be a breakfast buffet that's free and the whole oh. deal. So this Friday. It's a fun time. In Fullerton. Yeah. It, is, uh, it is a good time. That's the wrong bed. All right. Come Don't on. Be, let's what it do, nephew. Don't want that <laughs> bed. All in again. So much is now. this bed. And it's time for the Ralph Showbiz Beat. Wow. 
Your buddy Bean doesn't show up. You go all to pieces, don't you, Mike? That was me. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. That's right. No, that's, that's right, Mark. It's not a good <laughs> We'll cut that out, Craig. I, I can't work because the puppies are keeping me awake. <laughs> we have no idea where Bean is, but we're, we're, we're rapidly trying to track him down to uh, invite him to join the show. It's very odd for him to uh, not show up. So I'm guessing dead. Dead. <laughs> Has to be dead. Has to be dead. There's no way he wouldn't send an email or a, a Call. text message or a telegraph or Morse code or something. He'd find some way because... He's that way. I yeah. can't. I I can't get yum yum to take a dump. <laughs> the puppies are dragging me down outside. They're mauling me. Be great if his puppies Death just turned puppies. on him and mauled him. For the best. Be all Because what was it? If, if somebody didn't show up, you didn't call them. You waited for them to wake up or miss the show or whatever. And that uh, goes back to our wild speculation of the pugs eating Donna. Right? Yeah. yeah. This was one of the many times Beam would just go on and not, oh, the puppies, the puppies are killing me. Like, there's no law that says you have to have, like, ten dogs, Beam. Right. Yeah, and I and I think at this time, yeah, he's got another three or four with pup. He's got a bunch of puppies, and he's been complaining about it on the show. And, uh, yeah, another one of those times. But, I mean, this is 2008, so he's still up in Seattle, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. And he arrived on her doorstep on November the 20th. Oh, that's a little scary. Yeah. They don't like that, the stars, when you show up on their doorstep. Nope. With nutty buddies. Yeah, that's true. They tend to move. Um, Apparently, she wasn't home at the time, which is lucky. And her personal assistant performed a citizen's arrest at the time. (laughs) Nice. How about the old citizen's arrest making a comeback? Love that. She uh, held on to uh, Christopher Smith, kept him busy there until the cops arrived. Uh, Smith apparently told the cops when they showed up, I'm in love with Kirsten, so I went to her house. I connected with Kirsten spiritually. I felt like I connected with her, and she connected with me. (sighs) Wow. I don't know if she did. I guess you have to ask her if she connected with me. Nope. Kirsten, let me give you the uh, (laughs) short answer. (laughs) No. That's just not She'll uh, talk about it at the trial. Can we, uh, can we do the citizen's arrest topic again? It's been a long time since we've done that because I just can't get my head around that that's what that what her roommate's reaction was, which was, I'm going to figure out a way to keep this guy here rather than what most people would think, which is, I've got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And how do they, what makes them stay? Why would he just leave? You, you well, sit on him. You hold him down. Phys- you might have, she might have physically forced him to stay. Yeah. He or she. Well, I, I was wondering if she craftily if invited him in and said, hey, let me call Kirsten for you, or Kristen, or whatever her name is. Let me call her for you, and instead dialed up the police. I wonder if it was something something devious like that. I don't have an answer for Ralph, you. do you have any more details on that story? I don't have any details more than what I gave what you. What was said between I the two of them? I don't know what her plan was that she crafted. <laughs> I don't know how she kept them on the location until the cops arrived. I have Close none of those line. answers. How long has she been Kirsten's assistant? I don't know what she <laughs> offered him to drink when mm-hmm. he showed up, whether it was uh, Country Tide lemonade, perhaps, or some uh, Country Time or another kind? Lipton iced tea. Yeah. I have none what of those. What time of day facts. was this? Is this area? Is proper? I'm not sure if there was a screen door she was talking to him through or just a regular door, whether she opened the door did he drive or get dropped off do you have that information none of those things are at <laughs> okay. my fingertips and okay. i uh, apologize hard my point was that the citizens arrest party is interesting and i bet our listeners have been involved that's all got it being in his million questions for ralph on on these stories and it's like ralph's like i don't know i just have what he gave me uh but it was fun because this time everybody jumped in on it yeah that is oh. one of my favorites too and uh being just has more questions yes <laughs> i was like i just told you everything i know yeah, every time Bean would tell us read a story, he'd talk about how he needs more information on it. 
exactly. Always. And I mean, it's just at this point, Ralph's exasperated with it. He's like, I don't have this question. I don't know. I don't know anything. Uh, but now I have one, one of those hillbilly movies that Ralph loves so much. Ralph, what does it do to you? Uh, forget as, a, as an American. What does it do to you as an actor to realize that these are movies that are being made, that people are writing and casting and airing and people are watching? As I watched this, that's one of the first things that went through my mind was the acting in this is on Top par notch. with sort of a high school play. And I'm not just talking about being a big... Bill Engvall, or Bing Engvall, either way, and Billy Ray Cyrus. I mean, all throughout, just the cast is just popular with people you've never seen before, and then you start to realize why as you watch them perform. Are they all country music? No, people? these are just, just... Are they their friends or something? I have no idea where they got these people, but I I would know where I'd like them to go. Is this a bad TV movie, <laughs> Chop, or was it straight to DVD? I or? think it was straight to DVD. Okay. I can't imagine even the CMT network would air this. It's mm. that horrible. It plays like a really bad sitcom, of which Bing Engvall also has. Yeah, he has that. But without the laugh track. Excellent. So the horrible jokes that they write just lay there like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> that's great. That's what you want, right? No, well, that's not what I want. <laughs> what uh, What happens in Beat Shop? Is it an exciting fishing adventure? This movie makes Beer From Horses look like Citizen Kane. You despised Beer From My Horses. I know, and now I have to apologize to Beer From My Horses because I've seen Bait Shop. (laughs) Bill Engvall plays a guy who owns a rundown bait shop. Yeah. And he's also a former uh, amateur champion bass angler. Sure. What? (laughs) Of course. And in the beginning of the film, he's out uh, in his boat fishing for bass on the lake. When Billy Ray Cyrus comes by in his bigger boat and causes a wake and knocks him into the water. So he has to go to work all drenched and oh, wet because no, he's been he knocked didn't. into the lake. And his friends at the bait shop, they sure notice he's wet. You're late. Were you out fishing? No. I was running late, so I showered with my clothes on. Nothing gets by you, Gus. See? No, I showered with my clothes on. Oh, that was funny. Because he's wet, and that was a dumb question. So uh, we meet his lovable cast of friends that surround him, including Odd Job, his handyman, <laughs> oh, man. who uh, just repairs around the old rundown bait shop. Sure. And it turns out Odd Job has been sleeping at the shop, and Bill Engvall can't understand why. I thought you were staying with Shirley. Oh, I was. <laughs> Turned out she's married. Wasn't a big deal to me, but her husband was none too happy to come home and find me. See, doesn't that sound like there should be a laugh track laugh after Absolutely. that on TBS? Yeah. It does seem like there should be a laugh somewhere. But it's not in the joke. Yeah. It's not in the writing. No. This is, that's how horrible <laughs> this thing is. It's not even like bad enough to go, oh, wow, that was funny because it was horrible. It's just, it's like a, it's watching a flatline coma patient for two hours. Wow. But then at least Hot Rod Johnson shows up, Billy Ray Cyrus, and we get to see the ESPN special. On Hot Rod Johnson. This is Hannah Montana's dad. Billy Ray Cyrus, exactly. Yeah, and uh, ESPN, I don't know why, but their name is all over this thing. I guess they have regular bass fishing shows on ESPN. I tune it away immediately upon seeing bass fishing. So here is their little bio of Hot Rod Johnson. Blessed with a certain skill and the mentality of an assassin, Hot Rod is quite simply the greatest bass fisherman in the world today. Part showman, part samurai. HRJ is that new breed of pro athlete that works hard, but parties harder. More than just a man. HRJ. He parties harder. More than just a man. So, uh, Hot Rod Johnson has come to Paradise Lake where Bill has his bait shop because they're having one of the big bass fishing tournaments there on the lake. 
And uh, Bill, as a former bass fisherman, doesn't care much for Hot Rod Johnson. Sure, he's too flashy, right? And doesn't like him being in his neighborhood. <laughs> and yeah, he doesn't he doesn't count on the skill enough, Kevin. He uses that technology like Echo Finders. Oh, sure, like yeah. That. yeah. So he is facing his friends at the bait shop going off on Billy Ray Cyrus's character. And is this the oldest gag in the world? Let me guess. Billy Ray's behind him. <sighs> Just listen. Really? Hot Rod Johnson is a joke. A real fraud. If he ever steps foot in this store, I'll tell him that right to his sorry face. What? He's in the store, isn't he? Oh, Comes no, in right behind did. him. Oh, that's it's crazy. On. Heard him it the whole on. time. Heard him talking that smack. That's outrageous. That is fresh. <laughs> that is fresh filmmaking. <laughs> We're talking about a DVD movie called Bait Shop. That not Ralph, only Ralph suggests you rent. Not only is uh, HRJ competing in the Bass Fisherman Tournament, but has opened up a bait shop on the other side of the pier from oh, Bill's. Oh it no, is he did. It's a grand opening of the HRJ Bait Shop, and there go to the grand opening, just furious. And his friend, his wacky, sort of crazy friend, not Odd Job the Handyman, another wacky, crazy country okay. friend thinks that something's going on with the uh, the grand opening, being hosted by one of the local TV personalities. You see that guy up there? Yeah. I've had him under surveillance for a month, and that is pure Al-Qaeda. <laughs> Al-Qaeda? That's Donnie Rains, the weatherman from Channel 8. Open your eyes, Bill. That's exactly what Osama wants you to think. Boy, you do have a plate in your head, don't you? So? Wow! So? I have a plate in my head. He's Al-Qaeda. That's pure Al-Qaeda. Somebody, somebody read the script and said yes? Someone let's, wrote the let's script? Let's green light it. Let's green light it. Well, it turns out that Bill's about to lose his bait shop because he owes the bank money. Oh. You know them revenueers. Sure. You know them highfalutin <laughs> banks taking money from the little man. Sure. And so he has got to find a way to pay off his loan or else he's going to lose his bait shop. But instead, he gets drunk and dresses up in a bass suit, a bass costume, mm -hmm. and starts handing out flyers for the uh, his bait shop, trying to increase sales in the middle of traffic in the center of town. Okay. What are you, some kind of freak? No, I'm not a freak. I'm a bass. I'm a bass. Wow. <laughs> he's an ass. He's dressed up like a bass. That is unbelievably bad. And so he's got to go into a bar dressed as the giant fish because we need the visual gag for the movie, right? Sure, of course. Oh, Lord. What? Never seen a bass in a bar before? Never seen a bass in a bar before? Yeah, really. I mean, haven't we all? Well, unfortunately, Hot Rod Johnson's in that bar. And uh, Bill, being a drunk bass, mm -hmm. starts to mouth off. And it looks like these two are going to have a fight. Boy, you think you're just some kind of tough guy, don't you? you? Better be careful, Bill. I've been known to bring the thunder. Is that right? Well, I've been known to break the wind. Easy. Yeah. See, because he farts. Wow, that's spectacularly bad. Well, are you hearing yourself, Ralph? Are you hearing the movie that you're describing? This, Ralph had to watch it. This spurs uh, Bill into entering the big fishing competition. Of course. Because, mono mono. Because he wants to beat Hot Rod Johnson and grand prize is $50,000, which would more than take care of his loan sure. for his bait shop. Save his bait shop. At this point in the film, I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know who was going to win. Right. Was it going to be Hot Rod Johnson, the better fisherman, or was it going to be Bill? I didn't know. I had to watch. Well, it turns out that Hot Rod Johnson does win because he was cheating. Oh, no! And they find out he's a cheater, 
and then this happens. Cheater! Cheater! This is the biggest disgrace I have ever seen in all my years bass fishing. Hot Rod Johnson should be taken out to that lake and drowned. What about it, Chairman? Is there a death penalty in bass fishing? Unfortunately, no. We outlawed it in 83. See, they outlawed that in 83. The Killing death penalty oh. in bass fishing. I get that. I get that. And so Bill becomes the winner because he came in second place. Saves his bait shop? Saves his bait shop. But not only that, he learns a very important lesson at the end. What about it, Bill? What happened out there today? <laughs> out there, nothing really. Just fishing mostly. But in here. In his heart? Yeah. In here, I had a realization. Yeah. Realization that I got a wonderful family surrounded by great friends. <laughs> and that's the best catch a man can have. That's right. <laughs> You're really lucky. We're the really lucky one. Yeah, the best catch a man can have. <laughs> F every one of those people. He was he was obsessed with money and getting money, but once he made fifty thousand dollars, that's when he realized how important his friends and family. It's are. not about money, Ralph. So the most story is when you really have money problems, get the money first, and then you'll be able to realize that you love your family and you don't need the money. Not when you win it. Not when you have it. You don't need it. No. Did, did you see a tease for another movie no. that you need to watch? I'm done watching. <laughs> Bull. <laughs> country music star movies with all these Larry the Cable guys and Bill Engvall and the rest of these country f***s can all suck my okay. So two thumbs up? I hope, I hope they put that on the box for the DVD. Oh, man. That should be on the box for the DVD. That should. Right. If, it's, if I find this movie at the 99 cent store in a bin, two for 99 cents, that, that oh, better be the... Yeah, that better be the still overpriced. Get it and then send it to <laughs> Ralph for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Kevin and Beancom, we're going to have screenings of Bait Shop, yeah, and Fireproof, and the Get Her Done movie, the Beer for My Horses. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Beer for My Horses. <laughs> and those are all the clips I have. Awesome. <laughs> Here's where I get stuck. My mother will watch that. She likes Bill Engvall and she likes those people and this, she'll watch beer for my horses. My sister will do the same thing. And so it's kind of like, um, guys, there's better movies. Do you want some suggestions? That, that was a weird time because that was a thing. Right. Larry the Cable Guy and Bill Engvall were the biggest names out there. Yeah. They were everywhere. Well, and they had the comedy tour. Um, the Blue uh, Collar Comedy Tour. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was another guy. What was the other guy? What Ron White. Oh, yeah, Ron White. Mm-hmm. He was actually kind of funny. He's but, so funny. Uh, everybody else was not. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy was just the one note. You know, your redneck yeah. gift. Yeah. yeah. Actually, if you listen to his older stuff, he's a good comic. That kind of blew up and took a life of its own, but he's actually a funny guy. I don't know. The only joke I've ever heard from him is, you know, you're a redneck if. And that, yeah, that caught on a long, like in the early 90s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And um, when when he was really still doing com- comedy before he started doing television, I think he had one or two television shows. I'm not exactly sure. And um, and then I think then it started, let's do the Blue, Col- Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And that way there's four four of us right and so that way they can kind of go out they don't have to do a full set because each one can do the 20 30 minutes um but the uh audience still gets a full show 
And then I think that's when it kind of brought Larry the Cable Guy up more, Bill Engvall more, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and I think the only one, the only one that we'll still watch is Ron White. Yeah, Tater Salad. So, yeah. That kind of got, that kind of became his catchphrase. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Bit. That was yeah. a good bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he still kind of does it. Brandon likes it more than I do. Um, so, but I can, at least I can tolerate it. But it's funny how with comedians, right? Um, I think Dave Chappelle's comedy is awesome. I think Chris Rock is awesome. I think who's another one? Uh, Bill Burr. Oh my God. But we'll yeah. watch him. And then Brandon will be like, the next day, like, yeah, I wasn't that good. I'm like, well, you were laughing the whole time, but he'll watch Ron White over and over. So different strokes for different folks. Um, but it's just funny how different tastes go. All right. Well, I guess that's our show, right? Yeah, that is. All right. This has been another fantabulous episode of uh, Quitters Never Give Up. We have a lot of stuff to research, especially about longtime fan him. Thank you all for listening. Leave us voice messages on anything and everything. Tell us how awful we are. And, and thanks, Steve, for listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. And now it's time for a moment with Kevin. All right, well, good reporting, Craig. Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Doug. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) That was a moment with Kevin.